Welcome to the Crop Insurance Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of crop insurance. I'm your host, Mike Rydell, a third generation crop insurance agent, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this educational journey. At our family owned and operated business, we've been providing crop insurance expertise for generations. Our goal here is simple, to educate our listeners. Crop insurance can be complex and overwhelming, but I believe that understanding it is crucial for every farmer. So whether you're a seasoned farmer looking to stay updated or a newcomer seeking guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors of the Crop Insurance Podcast. Our title sponsor, the McMeal Insurance Agency, are probably your greatest insurance agents ever. They specialize in federal crop insurance and have since 1979. To visit their website, go to www.greatestagencyever.com. The McNeil Insurance Agency is a proud partner with the Crop West Insurance Group. Welcome to Season 2 of the Crop Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rydell. While we still will be covering the crop insurance basics, what's new for this season is that we're also going to be diving into some of the more complex pieces of the crop insurance puzzle. We're also going to be experimenting with some new and exciting technology to try and help make the podcast episodes a little more digestible as they get more complex. In today's episode, we'll be discussing an incredibly complex topic known as written agreements. Why is it so complex? Well, for starters, the handbook is 231 pages. At the time of this recording, there happens to be 16 different types of written agreements, each with their own sets of rules and regulations. So for today, we wanted to cover the 22 rules that govern all written agreement types as a whole. To help make this episode a little more digestible, we've enlisted the help of an AI chatbot that we've been busy working on. Our agency is very technology driven, and so we thought we'd give it a try. Let us know what you think. Hello there. I am the Crop Insurance Podcast AI Chatbot. I'm going to help Mike with teaching you more about written agreements. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there are a set of rules within the written agreement handbook that all written agreement types must comply with in order to get accepted. There's 22 sets of rules, and we're gonna go through each one of them to give you a little more insight into what they're all about. But before we dive into the rules, let's look at the definition of a written agreement. A written agreement is a document designed to provide crop insurance for insurable crops when coverage or rates are unavailable or to modify existing terms and conditions in the crop insurance policy when specifically permitted by the policy. Regional offices are authorized to approve, deny, or not accept written agreement requests on behalf of the FCIC. In other words, if there's a situation on your farm that other producers across the United States have coverage for, but it might not be eligible in your area, a written agreement is a great way to try to get that coverage from federal crop. Like we mentioned earlier, there are 16 different written agreement types, but today we're gonna go through each of the 22 rules that govern all 16 types. So let's get started with rule number one. Rule number one, you must submit a written agreement request for each producer and for each county in which you are requesting the change. 
Anytime you have a different crop, a different condition, a different county, or a different entity, they need to be on their own written agreement request. So if you're the majority shareholder on a piece of ground and you're submitting a written agreement request for that particular crop or condition, you're also going to have to have your landlord or the minority shareholder submit a written agreement as well if they want to have the same coverage that you could get from that written agreement request. You cannot lump them together. They have to be separate written agreement requests. Rule number two, the written agreement cannot contain crops with different filing dates. Good examples, if you're filing for a winter crop in your written agreement, you cannot add spring crops onto that written agreement request. You'll have to wait until the springtime to go for that written agreement. Rule number three, written agreements must include all of the required information. Seems obvious, but this is a big catch for some people. A majority of types of written agreements contain the same list of required info, but each one might have a little difference here or there, so you need to make sure you do your homework and have all of that information on the written agreement. Rule number four, written agreements will not be accepted for crops that do not have a crop insurance policy. So if there's not a policy somewhere out there under federal crop for the specific crop you're trying to get a written agreement for, you're not gonna be able to get a written agreement for it. Rule number five, written agreement requests will not be accepted when the crop provisions specifically prohibits written agreements or the written agreement would alter policy provisions so a written agreement's not gonna change the crop policy. If they say this crop is not covered in this area or whatever the case may be or what type of request you're applying for, if they specifically state you can't have it, you can't have it. Rule number six. If you already have a written agreement request for acreage that was covered via a written agreement the prior year, you need to submit a renewal request versus a brand new written agreement. So this is important because not every written agreement carries over to the next year. Many of them expire each year and you have to apply the next year. There's lots of reasons behind that, but they don't just run continuously until canceled like your regular crop insurance policy. So that's very important to know as well. You might have to file for a renewal request versus a brand new written agreement request. Rule number seven. Policy provisions that refer to agree in writing mean the same as written agreement. A written agreement is not required when it states in the policy exception, written agreement type rules of this written agreement handbook instead of requesting a written agreement. This one sounds a little bit confusing. It's because it is. Uh, this rule is less about written agreements as a whole and more about a specific written agreement type known as the policy exception type. If you are applying for a policy exception type of written agreement, then you will need to dive deeper into this one. But for now, just know that it exists. Rule number eight, written agreements cannot be issued for the sole purpose of altering price or price elections, dates, T yields, rate map areas, etc., unless specifically authorized in the policy or by the special provisions in the actuarial documents and provided for in the written agreement handbook. In other words, you cannot use a written agreement to alter the price, the dates, T-yields, map areas, etc., unless in the crop insurance policy or in the special provisions of the policy, it gives you that authority. The written agreement is not intended to alter the policy itself. Rule number nine. You cannot get a written agreement if you are insured in the catastrophe program. 
This one is pretty self-explanatory. If you're in the catastrophe program, you cannot apply for a written agreement. You need to be in one of the buy-up coverage levels. Rule number 10. Multiple written agreement requests on or before the applicable deadline for the same condition, crop, etc. will be treated as one written agreement. For example, let's say that you're applying for a written agreement in the same county for the same crop, but you have 10 legal descriptions on there. You're going to put all of that information on one written agreement request, not 10 separate ones because they're going for the same crop, the same county, or the same condition, so it needs to be one written agreement request. Rule number 11. Separate written agreement offers for different conditions, different crops, etc. may be issued pending the rules and regulations of each written agreement. Just because you get one written agreement accepted doesn't mean that the other one will be accepted. They are all independent of each other when submitting multiple written agreement requests. Rule number 12. The producer must accept or reject the written agreement offer in its entirety regardless of how many requests for changes are contained on the written agreement request. The producer cannot reject specific terms of the written agreement offer and accept others. This one's fairly obvious, but the producer must accept or reject the written agreement offer in its entirety, regardless of how many requests for changes are contained within the written agreement request. So when the regional office sends back your written agreement request to either accept or deny, you cannot pick and choose different pieces of it that you want to accept or deny. You either have to accept the entire written agreement or reject the entire written agreement. Rule number 13. A written agreement is only in effect when all appropriate parties sign the written agreement offer and all applicable deadlines are met. Again, this is another fairly obvious one, but this is one of those steps that people sometimes forget, which is why submitting your written agreement request prior to the deadline is helpful. Because once the regional office accepts your written agreement request and they send it out, you still have to sign off on it in order to get that written agreement request finalized and approved. And if you're up against the deadline, you can run into some issues of timing of getting that done. So everybody has to sign off on it before it goes into effect. Rule number 14. If differences occur between terms of the hard copy written agreement offer, the offer that the insured signs and accepts a modified approved written agreement, etc., and the underlying written agreement actuarial data master, the hard copy written agreement offer takes precedence. Now, if that were to happen, the regional office will modify the actuarial document master to match the hard copy of the written agreement offer that you both agreed upon. So the offer you get in your written agreement is what you get. If the written agreement actuarial document master says otherwise, your written agreement is what you get and the regional office will modify it to match your offer, not vice versa. Rule number 15. The late planting provisions, if authorized by the policy, will apply to acreage of a crop covered by the written agreement that is planted after the final planting date. So if the crop policy has late plant provisions in it, then your approved written agreement will as well. Rule number 16. When a written agreement assigns a yield, that yield must be used as the T-yield when building the APH database unless a master yield has been approved for the crop. The insured may use the approved master yield when applicable. 
So if you'll remember our APH approved yield podcast episode, instead of using your county T yield when you factor your approved yield, you're now gonna be using the T yield that's assigned to you in the written agreement. You'll now use that to plug into your calculations and follow the other rules like YA and YC. Rule number 17. Each written agreement will only be valid for the number of crop years specified in the written agreement. That's a big one. So you need to take a look at the written agreement that's sent to you. In that offer, it's going to tell you how long that written agreement is going to last because they're not going to be continuous until canceled like your normal federal crop insurance policies. So there's about seven or eight subparagraphs to this rule, but bottom line, you need to read that written agreement to determine how many crop years you're gonna have this for, whether you need to renew it or apply for a new one. Very important. Rule number 18. Any existing policy and actuarial requirements will remain in effect if any of the following are true. One, the written agreement request is denied or not accepted by the regional office or AIP. Two, the written agreement offer is not accepted by the AIP or producer. Three, the written agreement offer is accepted by the producer after the expiration date, unless the producer signed after the expiration date due to a physical inability. Or number four, the crop's minimum potential yield per acre specified in paragraph 42, aka the crop insurance appraisal requirement is not met. In other words, any existing policy or actuarial requirements will remain in effect if the written agreement request is denied or is not accepted. Rule number 19. The AIP must be able to substantiate submission dates of all electronically submitted documents required for written agreement requests. So this is a big one. If you have an e-signed document, that final page that shows the IP addresses and the dates when things are signed, that's a very important page. So you don't want to delete that page. You want to keep it to make sure that everything is legally binding. Always make sure that everything is signed timely to avoid any sort of issues further down the line in the event of an audit. Rule number 20. When the deadline date is based on a business day, the entirety of the business day counts as the same day, even if submitted after typical working hours. However, the regional office exception system operates on central standard time, thus the business day ends at 11.59 p.m. central standard time, and anything submitted after this time is counted as the next business day. Bottom line, you need to submit your written agreement request prior to the final deadline. Don't wait until 11.59 p.m. central standard time to submit that paperwork because things can go wrong, the internet can go down, and you might not be able to get it in on time. And with federal crop, the deadlines are the deadlines. You cannot cross them. Rule number 21. Insurance agents are not considered to be authorized AIP representatives when AIP signatures are required. Your agent cannot approve or deny any written agreement request. It has to go through your AIP and the regional office. Your agents can help you get everything dialed in, but they cannot sign off on anything despite what some of them may say. It has to fall through the correct channels in order to get it approved. Rule number 22. The AIP, not the regional office, is the verifier authorized by the FCIC to calculate approved yields. 
Accordingly, it is the AIP's responsibility to ensure that production records are acceptable and accurately entered in the APH database or production report in accordance with applicable procedure contained in the Crop Insurance Handbook for Yield-Based Plans of Insurance. What this means is that your crop insurance company, the paperwork you're filling out with your agent, that's the acceptable paperwork to set up your different APH databases if you need them for your written agreement. In the event that the production records are not acceptable or not accurately entered into the APH databases or the APH production report, the regional office can contact the AIP for resolution or they may just reject the written agreement request. So you need to have acceptable production records when building out any sort of production report or APH database. There's your 22 rules that every written agreement must comply with. In our next episode, we're going to go over some of the responsibilities that the AIP, the RO, producer, and agent all have. We're also going to look at what the timeline is like in terms of getting a written agreement accepted or denied. And what happens if you do get it denied and need to submit more information in order to get that written agreement to the finish line. Please stay tuned for part two of the written agreement request. From my family to yours, thank you very much for listening. I sincerely hope that this presentation has been instrumental in enhancing your understanding of federal crop insurance. If you find value in our podcast, we kindly encourage you to subscribe and spread the word among your friends and neighbors. To access further information, please visit our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com where you'll find the latest podcast episodes, articles, and exciting new features conveniently located in one place. This information is not all-inclusive and is meant to be used only as general guidelines for educational purposes. For additional information, please see Crop Provisions, reference the Crop Insurance Handbook or Loss Adjustment Manual, or contact your crop insurance agent. This institution is an equal opportunity provider and employer.